Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. Welcome to the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. It's your host, Jack Jones. Thanksgiving week is upon us. That means we get three NFL games on Thursday to kick off week 12 action. We also have 15 college football games on Friday in week 13. It's rivalry week in college football. There's a lot to be excited about this time of year. Uh, Brandon Lee joins me today to give out more free picks uh, for you guys this coming weekend. Brandon, are you looking forward to Thanksgiving? Oh, of course. One of my favorite holidays. Uh, you know, I'm definitely going to go into a food coma tomorrow afternoon, but it's well worth it. Food coma and football. Can't beat it. Um Brandon, Brandon and I went uh, five and one two weeks ago. The last time he was on, uh, we're going to be giving out four free picks, two NFL teasers for Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Brandon, Teddy Davis, and I are now sixty six forty two and four on free picks and teasers. The last twenty one football podcasts, thirty three nineteen and two. The last nine weeks, I'm nineteen and eight. The last nine weeks on my free picks and teasers. Uh, we've been making some serious money for listeners, and we look to continue that this week. We managed to squeeze in a podcast, despite how busy it is for both Brandon and I. So hopefully this pays off, and uh, we bring you some more winners. Uh, Brandon, start us off with your college football free pick for Saturday. All right, I'm going to take the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils plus two at home against in-state rival Arizona. Uh, this line doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, as I feel like it should be reversed, and I could even see Arizona State uh, favored by a field goal here. This is a much improved Sun Devils team from a year ago. I've leaned, I've backed them numerous times over the last couple months with a lot of success. You know, last week they rolled Oregon State on the road, forty to twenty-four. We're only a short seventy seven and a half point favorite in that game. They're now six and two against the spread in their last eight, and, and I think they're once again showing some great value um, in this one. Revenge is a big time motivator in college football. And last year, Arizona laid it on the Sun Devils, embarrassing by 21 points. Uh, that's a huge factor here for me because I think Arizona State's going to come in sharp and ready to go and to return the favor. Um, one of the reasons Arizona does get a lot of respect from the books um, is everyone's drawn to the big numbers of Arizona quarterback Khalil Tate. He's rushed for over 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, he's certainly fun to watch and an electric player. Um but last week, he was held in check by Oregon, had just 32 yards on 14 carries. I, I, whenever you know a player like that, when a team figures out how to stop him, uh, every team is going to try to mimic that. And I look for Arizona State to use a lot of the same uh, game plan that Oregon used uh, to try and slow Tate down. At the same time, even if Tate has a big game, I still like the Sun Devils' chances here uh, to get the win in the cover. Uh, Arizona State's offense should be able to score at will against an Arizona defense that's dealing with all kinds of injuries. The Wildcats lost three different defensive linemen to injury in last week's game against Oregon and have several other defensive players either questionable or out for the year. Uh, Arizona's 3-2 and two on the road this season but could very easily be 1-4. and four. They have a three-point win over a not-so-great Colorado team and a one-point victory over another mediocre team in Cal. The only legit win came against an awful UTEP team. The other two were blowout losses to USC and last week to Oregon. Um, I also think this is a really tough spot for the Wildcats um, this time of year. They're playing their second straight road game and third road game in the last four weeks overall. 
Uh, Arizona's just 5-14 and 14 against the spread in their last 19 road games um, in the second half of the season. So, you know, they've struggled away from home uh, when it gets cold. And I know it's not going to be cold in Arizona State, but I think they're going to struggle here. 2-13 uh, and 13 against the spread in their last 15 uh, versus a team like Arizona State, who is uh, dominating the time of possession with more than 32 minutes a game and averaging over 21 first downs. Sun Devils, they're 21-9 and nine against the spread in their last 30 home games played on Saturday and 34-18 and 18 against the spread in their last 52 home games against a conference opponent. On top of all that, uh, the home team is 4-0 straight up and 4-0 against the spread in the last four meetings. Uh, give me the Sun Devils plus two in this one. Yeah, I don't uh, have a strong opinion on this game, but I would play Arizona State here if I had to. Uh, the Khalil Tate love has Arizona overvalued a bit. Uh, they were destroyed by USC and Oregon their last two road games, even with Tate. They were outgained by 260 yards by USC and 258 by Oregon. I think uh, now that teams have several games of film on Tate, uh, definitely more prepared to stop to, to stop him than the, the teams that faced him early in the year who were caught uh, kind of off guard. Uh, the Arizona defense has been awful in Pac-12 play, giving up 39 points a game, over 500 yards a game. Uh, and then, you know, you named all those injuries. That's you know, that's a bad sign for them. They're already terrible, and now they're missing all their defensive linemen. Uh, Arizona State does have the better defense, giving up 29 points a game, 426 yards a game in conference play. Sun Devils, Sun Devils have scored at least 37 points in three straight games coming in. I think they should top 40 against this Arizona defense. Home team, 4-0 four, four no straight up, 4-0 no against the spread last four, like you said. Uh, the Wildcats, 2-10 and ten against the spread their last 12 road games. Just haven't been good away from home. I think you're on the right side here, Brandon. All right, man. Glad to hear it. I'm going to go with uh, Duke plus 12 at Wake Forest Saturday. Uh, Duke opened 4-0 and this season before losing six straight games. But the Blue Devils showed a lot of heart last week, beating Georgia Tech 43-20. to it was their most. I mean, it was one of their most important, impressive performances of the season. They outgained a very good Yellow Jackets team uh, by 141 yards. So the final score really wasn't fluky at all. Now they need one more win to get bowl eligible. We'll love to do it here against their rivals. I think uh, Duke will be the more motivated team. Wake Forest will already be going to a bowl. They're seven and four so far. Uh, the Demon Deacons are coming off a big 30-24 uh, home win over NC State. That was definitely a misleading final, though, as they were outgained by 168 yards by the Wolfpack. The Demon Deacons have actually been outgained in five of their last eight games overall. I don't think they're as good as the record, and I definitely don't think they should be double-digit favorites against Duke Saturday. Uh, home field advantage has meant nothing in this series. The road team has actually won five of the last six meetings outright. Uh, the Blue Devils are 10-3 and against the spread of their last 12 visit- visits to Wake Forest, 6-1 and against the spread of their last seven road meetings. Uh, Wake Forest is 4-13 and against the spread. Last 17 is a favorite of 10.5 to 21 points. Uh, give me the Blue Devils as double-digit underdogs here. Yeah, I'm on board here, and I have this one written down myself. Um, you know, a lot of the same reasons that you like uh, Duke, I like them here. And I think they got a lot of confidence with that win over Georgia Tech, and, and now there's no reason to let down um, with just being one game out of bowl eligibility. Uh, big matchup factor here for me. You know, we saw a big reason Duke had success against Georgia Tech is they got their running game going. They put up 319 yards, 6.3 yards per carry against the Yellow Jackets. I think they can keep it going against Wake Forest. Uh, Demon Deacons are 104th in the country against the run, giving up over 200 yards per game. So, uh, you know, I, I think 
win or lose, they should be able to keep this one close. All right, man. I'm glad you agree on that one. Uh, let's move on to the NFL. Uh, what's your favorite uh, NFL free pick this week? Yeah, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams minus two and a half at home over the New Orleans Saints. I just think there's too much value here with the Rams laying less than a field goal at home um, in this matchup. New Orleans is getting way too much respect here on the road against one of the best teams in the NFL. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the Saints have won eight straight and are seven and one against the spread uh, during this impressive winning streak. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I think the Rams are a little bit down in the public's eyes. You know, a lot of people were on them last week against Minnesota, and they really didn't have a great showing in that matchup. I personally wasn't the least bit surprised to see the Rams struggle against the Vikings. Uh, Minnesota is one of the best teams in the NFL that, you know, prior to that game, no one was really talking about. And they have a much bigger home field advantage than they get credit for. I was on the Vikings in that game, and I see the Rams as all in, all, in all, an almost identical spot here um, against the Saints. Um, not to take anything away from New Orleans and, you know, in their eight-game winning streak, um, but I think uh, the schedule has played a big part in this team's success. Only two of the six wins have come against a team that currently have a winning record. One of those was really early in the season against Carolina. Um, that was back before Cam Newton was really um, back to his normal self. You know, he was still dealing coming off his shoulder problems coming off the surgery in the offseason. Uh, the other was against the Lions, who I don't feel are anywhere uh, close to as good as their 6-4 and four record. Um, in my opinion, this is the best team the Saints will have played since they lost to the Patriots back in Week 2. Um, one of the reasons New Orleans has been playing so well is they're vastly improved on the de- defensive side of the ball. Unfortunately for them, they suffered a big loss in the win over the Redskins last week. Defensive end Alex Okafor was lost for the season with an Achilles injury. Uh, they also lost star corner Marshawn Lattimore to an ankle injury. He hasn't been practicing, and it looks like he's unlikely to play. Those are two huge key pieces to that defense, and I think they're going to have a really hard, tough time here adjusting and slowing down this Rams offense that scores 30.3 points per game. Um, I also think we're going to see the Saints offense struggle to get going in this one. Um, after str- struggling to adjust early on in the year to the new schemes under defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, the Rams have been playing at an elite level on the defensive side of the ball. Over their last six games, they're giving up just 13.5 points per game. And this is hands down the best defense New Orleans has faced since their week one loss to Minnesota when they put up just 19 in a 10-point defeat. Lastly, Saints just 4-13 and against the spread in their last 17 when they come in, come in having covered seven of their last eight and 4-14 four and against the spread in their last 18 road games after scoring 25 or more in three straight games. Both those trends uh, speak volumes to the you know how teams get overvalued with success, and I'll take the Rams minus a, less than a field goal in this one. I like this one quite a bit too, and I was also on the Vikings uh, last week, but I think it's time to change gears and go with the Rams this week. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins did have a big game against the Saints last week. He he guided the Redskins to 31 points, 456 total yards, but a lot of that had to do with the cluster injuries on the Saints uh, defense. They were already without safety Kenny Vaccaro coming into the game. Then they lost three more key pieces throughout the game. You know, you mentioned Alex Okafor, their top pass rusher, then the, you know, one of their top cornerbacks in Lattimore, and they also lost leading tackler A.J. Klein. Uh, now all four guys are either out or questionable to play this week. So I think Jared Goff and the Rams' high-octane offense uh, should exploit these injuries as well. Uh, I do like the way this deep Rams defense is trending for sure. 
Um, given all the injuries to the Saints defense, though, I think their eight-game winning streak comes to an end this week. So I'm with you, Brandon. This is a nice value, uh, getting the Rams at less than a field goal. Yeah, glad to hear you agree with that one. Yeah, hopefully LA can come through for us. Yeah, if you listen to this podcast um, as soon as possible, get that two and a half in because I don't think it stays there. Um, I'm going to go with the Bears plus 13 and a half at the Eagles. Um, since Mitch Trubisky uh, became the starting quarterback in Chicago, the Bears have not lost a game by more than eight points. That's a span of six games dating back to the three-point loss to Minnesota. Um, they upset Baltimore on the road and Carolina at home. They only lost by eight at New Orleans, by seven to Green Bay, and by three to Detroit. Uh, Trubisky isn't ma- making the same mistakes that Mike Glennon was before him. The Bears have only committed seven turnovers in six games since he took over, including only three in their last four games. That has allowed them uh, to really rely on their defensive running game, which are the two strengths of this team. I think this is the ultimate letdown spot for the Eagles. Uh, I was on the Eagles last week with my 25-star Sunday night game of the year. Cash that easy, 37-9 over Dallas. But that was a great spot for the Eagles coming off their bye. Um, and with all the injuries to the Cowboys, I think after beating their biggest rivals, the Eagles will be um, flat this week against the Bears. Will they win the game? Probably, but asking them to win by uh, two touchdowns to beat us here, I think, is asking too much. The Bears are 7-2 and two against the spread. Their last 10 versus a team with a winning record. The underdog, 9-3 and three against the spread. Last 12 meetings. Give me the Bears and all these points. Yeah, I tried to talk myself into this one, and uh, I just couldn't do it. I just don't <laughs> feel like I could sweat it out with Chicago. Um, you know, Philadelphia, it, it all comes down to whether or not they show up, in my opinion. They're 5-0 and at home, outscoring teams by almost 8, 20 points a game. Uh, Chicago's impressive wins have all come at home. They're just 1-3, and getting outscored by 12 points per game on the road. Um, I really don't like how the Bears match up. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, you know, he's not been terrible, but he also hasn't been great. He's started six games. He has yet, He's thrown for over 180 yards once. Um, the problem here is he's going to have to do a lot uh, for this offense to put up points because – Philadelphia has the top-ranked run defense in the NFL, and you know they're going to load the box and make sure that they don't get Chicago doesn't get that going. The other thing is, I really like this Bears defense, and I, I it was a big reason why they have been competitive. Um, but they just lost one of their best pass rushers, an outside linebacker, Leonard Floyd. They're already without starting outside linebacker Willie Young, and inside linebacker Danny Trevathan is uh, yet to practice this week after missing the last two games. Um, they also could be minus uh, starting nose tackle Eddie Goldman. And uh, that nose tackle position is one of the most important in the 3-4 scheme. I, I just don't know how the Bears uh, can keep it within two touchdowns. I don't know how they can score with Philadelphia. Uh, but I will not be playing the Eagles at all in this one either. So I'll root you in here with Chicago, however they can do it. Yeah, the Eagles do have a great run defense, but they only give up uh, 19 attempts per game because they've been playing from ahead the whole time. So I think uh, this is one of the rare times they're actually going to get tested against the run. Um, You know, it it will be important for Chicago to stay in the game early so they can stick with the running game. Of course, if if Philadelphia gets up 14 right away, not good for the Bears. But I think think given the flat spot for Philadelphia, I think that this is going to be a close game early, and the Bears can kind of... Do what they've been doing and not and and, and uh, not take too many chances with uh, Trubisky. So that's how I'm hoping it plays out, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's a good point. On the uh, you know the teams haven't exactly been rushing a lot on Philadelphia, so those numbers are skewed a bit. And 
you know, if, if they can keep it close, they, they have a real good shot, especially early on. Yep. That would be the key. Um, let's move on to our NFL teasers. What's your favorite teaser for week 13, Brandon? Yeah, I got a three-team 10-pointer. Um, I'm going to take uh, the Chiefs from minus 10 down to a pick em. I'm going to do the same thing with the Falcons, minus 10 down to a pick em. And I'm going to use my Rams play and take them from minus 2.5 up to plus 7.5. Uh, last week I used the Chiefs on my free pick and my teaser, and they lost lost both of them for me. But I think you're going to be good on this one. Uh, I actually had the exact same 10-pointer in my NFL teasers of the week article I wrote on Tuesday. So I'm in full agreement with that 10-pointer. I'm going to go with a 6-pointer on the Bengals minus 2 and the Ravens minus 1. Bengals have won six straight meetings with the Browns all by 13 points or more. I can't see Tom Savage having uh, much success against... Uh, Baltimore's stingy defense this week. Baltimore is definitely as he- healthy as they've been all year, and we just need them to win the game on Monday Night Football here. So um, that's what I like this week. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. Anytime you're going against the Browns and just need the team to win, and you know, I feel the same way at this point with the Texans with Tom Savage, especially on the road. All right, awesome, man. It sounds like uh, really we agreed on on mostly everything this week. Uh, definitely not against each other on anything. Uh, All right, that wraps up this week's podcast. To the listeners, have a happy Thanksgiving. May the winners be yours. And to Brandon, a special thank you for for taking the time out of your week to join me on these podcasts this season. It's been a great two-year run, and we are on, and I look forward to hearing your insight each time you come on. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, man, and with your family and friends. Yeah, you too, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to take out my time, take some time out of my day, you know, to give the listeners some winners and, you know, keep this streak going. All right, let's uh, let's try to go for another five and one week like we had two weeks ago at minimum. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. All right, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at SportsCapping.com. 